Jesus had been approached by the chief priests, the scribes, and some elders and was being questioned. Under whose authority are you doing these things? Who authorized you to do this? Next, a group of Pharisees and Herodians came to him and tried to ask him a series of questions relating to taxes. This is where we get the infamous line, give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and give to God that which belongs to God. Finally, a group of Sadducees approach him and begin to question him about the resurrection. And seeing that this question was loaded from the very beginning, Jesus jabs back at them, letting them know how wrong their question was to begin with. This line of questioning from the religious and political establishment of Israel occurred as Jesus was making his way towards Jerusalem. And after that line of questioning was finished, a lone scribe, perhaps a person who had been watching from a safe distance, approached Jesus with one final question. Which commandment is first of all? This scribe wanted to know of the commandments, which one was the greatest? Of the 613 mitzvah, 613 laws found in the Jewish Torah, which one is the greatest? And so in typical Jesus fashion, he does not actually answer the question that was raised to him. You see, the question wanted a single response, and Jesus' reply actually has two. The first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus began his response with, hear, O Israel. In Hebrew, we read this as Shema. This Hebrew word and English phrase is an imperative. This phrase is the first two words recited by Jews in their morning and their evening prayers. It's a sign and signal of their obedience to God and confirmation of the covenant that God has made with Israel. The phrase is a quote from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And it's considered to be one of the most treasured pieces of Scripture in the Hebrew Bible. Jesus is stating that the very first commandment is total obedience and devotion to God. When Jesus says, with all, there is an implication that there is no part of our being that we can separate from loving God, from loving our Creator. Next, Jesus moves to one of my favorite parts of the Hebrew Bible, Leviticus chapter 19. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Not vengeance, not a grudge, but love. No other commandment is greater than these two. 
More important than making the correct sacrifice in the temple is love of God and love of one another. More important than saying the correct prayers here in worship is love of God and love of neighbor. And more important than public acts of piety outside of the church is love of God and love of neighbor. The intention behind the law was to organize Israel, to organize the life of the community. Many of those 613 commandments are practical in nature, but at the same time, the law served to separate Israel from the surrounding nations as well as the nations that occupied Israel. One's righteousness and holiness hinged upon their ability to uphold and follow all 613 commandments. All of them. In order to learn this path of holiness and righteousness, a person would have been instructed by their parents and by their family. Religious leaders in the synagogues would have played a key role in providing instruction as well as day-to-day examples. To follow 613 commandments, one would first have to actually learn what the 613 commandments were. Then you would have to learn how to interpret the law. And then you would have to learn how to implement this in your daily life. For those who were in charge of teaching and passing these skills on to the next generation, there would have been other rabbis and grandparents and neighbors who would have instructed them. So those Jesus is speaking to would have known full well what he was speaking of, and the scribe tells us as much as they end their conversation. You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and beside him there is no other and to love him with all of your heart and with all of your understanding and with all of your strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. The really interesting part of the law is that it was and is today next to impossible to live out all 613 commandments. And all of us know this because, after all, we all fall short of the expectations placed on us by our Creator. Time and time again, each of us falls short of what the law demands of us. Even the part that Jesus states as the greatest, loving God with full submission and loving one another, we fall short. What was intended to aid Israel in righteousness and holiness becomes impossible to fulfill. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and all of your strength. Sounds easy enough until we realize that there are other gods, lowercase g gods, that compete for our time every day. Prestige. Power, time, and money. On paper, it sounds straightforward, but in practice, we discover that this commandment is much more difficult than it appears. And loving our neighbor, we all know how difficult that can be, especially when we look to Leviticus 19 and find out who our neighbors actually are the widow, the orphan, the poor, the enslaved, and the foreigner. 
All of us have had saints in our lives, those who have passed on to live life eternal in Christ Jesus, who have guided us into living out these two greatest of the commandments. For me, two of these people, Carol Frank and Lori Shipley, they helped me to experience the grace of God, but they also helped me learn how to respond to that grace once you encounter it. Mrs. Frank's Sunday school class was a rite of passage for kindergartners and first graders at Calvary United Methodist Church in downtown Frederick. Mrs. Frank was so good that she could teach two classes by herself. And Lori, she showed me what the grace of God looked like when I thought that it was beyond my reach. The saints aid us in moving towards what John Wesley describes as justifying grace when we accept the love and mercy extended to us by Christ. The saints help us move from justification onto sanctification or holiness, growing and maturing in our own faith and living a life mirrored in Christ. Now, this is not a static, one-and-done movement, according to Wesley. Instead, it's an ongoing movement as we encounter the grace of God through Jesus Christ. So often, though, we think that, we think that in order to move from justification to sanctification, we have to first start with the two greatest commandments before we do anything else. Now, I want to be clear, I'm not suggesting this morning that we should not live out those two commandments. After all, Jesus tells us point blank that we are to love God and we are to love our neighbors. But I know, because I continually fall short of that expectation placed on, placed on us by Christ, that it can be a difficult journey. And after all, there are so many gods competing for our attention. And at times, that imperative that Christ proclaimed doesn't actually get lived out in our day-to-day. And loving our neighbor sounds easy enough, but once we realize who our neighbor is, we realize what we are supposed to do for those people. We're supposed to care for the poor and the foreigner, not turn them away. We are to act with justice and mercy when we encounter our neighbors. We're not to slander among our people, and we're not to profit off the backs of others. We're not to hate anyone, neighbor or family. And we're not to seek vengeance or bear a grudge against anyone. Loving our neighbor in the way that Jesus told this scribe we are to, and the way that Jesus tells us today, is a tall task. And while I hold Mrs. Frank and Lori and saintly esteem, I know that there were times in their lives when they fell short of those expectations that were placed on them by Christ. The first step to becoming a saint is not holiness. It is not loving the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And it's not loving your neighbor. The first step to the sanctification that John Wesley wrote and preached about is that trusting through the incarnation, Christ dawning human flesh and living among us, God became our neighbor and loved us to the fullest that the law demanded. 
when the greatest of all of the commandments seems to be more than we can bear, we have Christ who guides us by showing us first how to love one another. And we see this repeatedly throughout Christ's own ministry. We see this with a woman sitting by herself at a well. We see this in Christ healing a woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years, who had been taken advantage of by doctor after doctor. We see this in Christ feeding a crowd of hungry people. We see this in Christ inviting his closest friends, including those who would betray and deny him, to gather around the table with him. And we see this to its fullest extent on the cross when Christ died for each of us. The saints of the past, as well as the saints of today, all have flaws. They and we continue to fall short of what Christ describes as the greatest of the things that we are to do. But in Christ loving us as himself, the saints and each of us here are made righteous and holy before God. What once was thought to separate us from the love of God is no more. And Christ invites us to join him and the saints at his table. Clothed in the righteousness of Christ through our baptism into his life, death, and resurrection. And not our own self-righteousness. We are declared holy. The greatest of the commandments... Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself seems a little less daunting, knowing that before we ever attempted to do it, Christ first loved us, and Christ fulfilled it for us. Thanks be to God. Amen.